3: Thank you, Chris. Wow, shocking. No Pistons, maybe All-Star team. Maybe Hooper. All right, our telephone number, 248 uh, 539 Listen for your chance this entire hour to win a $50 Viviano sh- Shop gift certificate, Viviano Flower Shop, just in time for Valentine's Day. Uh, for all life celebrations, go to Viviano.com or call 800-VIVIANO. When you hear Jim Harbaugh say a football player, be the fourth caller at 248-539-9797. Now, yesterday, we mentioned that the uh, Boston College head coach, Jeff Hafley, former D.C. at Ohio State, before mm-hmm. he took the B.C. Uh, job, decided to le- to leave. He's gone to the NFL to become the uh, defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, taking over for former Lion and Rod Marinelli's son-in-law, John Barry. Joe Barry. Uh... John Barry played with the Pistons. Anyway, uh, yesterday it was revealed that another offensive mind, former head coach, uh is for college and the pros, just took a job as will take a job as the OC for the Raiders, and that was Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, and uh, Kingsbury, he was not the only guy that uh, Antonio Pierce interviewed. He also allegedly interviewed UCLA head coach. Chip Kelly, who might interview with Dan Quinn to be the new offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders and leave UCLA. Yeah. He's scared of the Big Ten.
4: I don't think that's it. (laughs) Yes, I uh, appreciate the the sentiment, but um, he just – the business of coaching college football – The business of coaching college athletics is not what it used to be. It's exhausting. You want to talk about moving the goalposts. They're moving all the time in regards to what you can, what you can't do, NIL, transfer portal. I mean, there's there's so much going on that there's going to be a mass exodus. We're starting to see that now, and I think it's a trend that will continue. Now, I don't know if... Guys like Dabo Sweeney, they're probably lifers. Kirby Smart, he might be a lifer. I don't know if he's going to leave. he has got a good thing going, and there are other coaches that that will most likely stay in in college football. Some of them, because they're making so much money, may decide I'm going to do this for five six years, and then I'm just simply going to get out of coaching, and and I could be an analyst somewhere. I could be behind the scenes, but I don't ha- I don't want to deal with the business of college athletics. And we've already seen, as you mentioned, Jim Harbaugh left for the NFL. Now, is it the business of, of college athletics that, that moved him? I actually thought he was one that kind of enjoyed the whole recruiting process Mm -hmm. and and everything that went on. Um, But he's chasing that trophy. Halfly, He even said, it's not, it's not about coaching anymore. It's not about coaching the kids. It's all about NIL. It's about fundraising. It's about pleasing all these other entities and not your your own players. And it's recruiting the players after you recruit them for four years, you get them on your roster, and all of a sudden you're recruiting them again. And Chip Kelly, you know, and, and he's got experience in the NFL. He knows what the NFL life is like as a head coach there in Philly. But to go as a coordinator, even if he would be making less money mm-hmm. as an NFL coordinator versus a college football coach, they're willing to do it because. Some of these guys just simply want their life back.
3: Yeah, it's 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 less hassle. I mean, yeah, you have to deal with you know your obligatory you know coordinator com- press conference once a week. That's about it. That's
4: all you have to deal with, right? Yeah. Just- the, uh, so and, and okay, when you're done with that, you're not leaving it to tweet at a 16 year old right. or text a 16 year old, 17 year old, 18 year old. Insert yes. any age. Yeah. And you're also not having to worry about, okay, well, you know, are these kids going to class And this is stuff that that it doesn't matter if it's now or if it was 30 years ago. You've got to worry about you know 120 kids going to class. What are they doing in the community? are you know did anybody get arrested last night? All of that stuff goes into now and in the past. but on top of that, it is, you know, how are we managing NIL? Are we getting enough dollars? Are we doing enough? Are we at the front of that pack? What are we doing in terms of the you know recruiting the transfer portal? Are is there anybody on our team that we we're not we're not noticing? And all of a sudden, we're going to wake up one morning and their name is in the transfer portal. Well, he
3: lost his quarterback, to Oregon. Yeah, from here, Dante, Dante Moore. Moore. Okay, so here's the here's the other thing. If you're for Chip Kelly, maybe this is you know looking at it too too closely. You think Chip Kelly sits there and says, wait a second. I'm UCLA. I'm second banana in my own city. That's number one.
4: Yeah, he I got, knew that when he took the job. I
3: know. I got no sh- – now with the Big Ten stuff, I got really no shot <laughs> in the Big Ten. So said, you know what? I don't need this. I'm just going to go to the NFL and just, you know, call up, call plays and be creative with my offense, not to worry about anything else.
4: Yeah, and, and coach football. Yeah. I, I, I got into this because I want to be a football coach. Right. All right, now, I've made enough money. <laughs> yeah, and and, and at, at UCLA, insert any school. It doesn't matter. I know. You're not a football coach anymore. And I think that, you know, bringing this back to, uh, you know, I know Jonathan Smith was a head coach out at Oregon State, and mm-hmm. he's done a, a really nice job, and they did it out there. Transfer portal, NIL, all that stuff. Now he's in, in East Lansing, and I think he'll do a, a great job there. But how long does he want to do it for? Right. That's the big challenge for Sharon Moore. Sharon Moore is not going to be a football coach anymore. Jerome Moore is now a CEO that is going to have to delegate all of the things that he loved about coaching football. And at his press conference, he talked about my high school coach, my college coaches, all of these people that had influence on me is why I love to coach. Well, now you're not going to be coaching football anymore. That's that's a big problem in college football. So how does it get fixed?
3: I don't know if it does. I think these guys are sitting there saying there's so much – there's a lot of money also in the NFL as being an assistant coach – well, I don't have to deal with stuff. Well, there needs to be. It, it, so, And especially with the older guys who've actually been the head coach
4: before. So it's not that they're giving up something they've never experienced before. So there's a new age up, upon us, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the old coaches can either get with it or they can move to the NFL. But if you want to attract good young talent to coach college football players or any sport in college – you're going to have to have some rules in place, and maybe it's simply football is removed uh, from the um, umbrella <laughs> of the, the NCA. Well, from the from the from that of the NCA, right. and they 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 govern themselves. We've talked about this, the czar of college football, and that I think is step one. Step two is there needs to be in the NFL. There's free agency. And everybody applauds free agency. Hey, you, you've got a value. You can go wherever you want. You're not tied to anybody. But there are rules when you first get to the NFL. Now, the timetable is different. In college, you're only allowed, what, four to play five right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have – you sign a contract in the NFL. You're there for – if your contract's a year, you're there for a year. If your contract's two years, three years, whatever it is, you're there. You're locked in, and there's benefits to that. You get a signing bonus you you get benefits, you know, 401k, health insurance, uh, collectively bargained, you know, uh, things that uh, give you all of those benefits and protections. College athletes are going to have to, to unionize, and they're going to have to, we've heard about this, revenue share and a CBA is going to, and you could insert any letters, however you want to do it. If you want to make it different than professional sports, you could call it whatever you want, but there's going to have to be some collectively bargained issues and, and guardrails put in place so that if if you only want to go to a school for one year, all right, well, here are the parameters for that. Here are the benefits you get, and here are the things that you don't get. If, if a school is going to say, well, we want you for four years, you could sign a contract for four years, mm-hmm. now you're somewhat locked in because the NCAA is also being sued by a number of states to allow student-athletes not just a one-time transfer, but to transfer without penalty as many times as they want. You can't even do that in professional sports. No. And so there's we're operating under a situation right now under the rules of 1980, 2000, 2010, but college athletics, especially college football and college basketball has... Progressed to where we need new rules.
3: 248-539-9797 is the telephone number. Uh, what has to change? And do you blame these coaches who are leaving? You know the luxury life, not luxury, but the higher positions, maybe in college football, to go to lesser positions in the National Football League. I completely understand it. Uh, yesterday, as we mentioned, uh, Dan Quinn. Uh, was named as the head coach of
4: your alma mater, John, the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. You okay with that or no? Yeah, I'm fine. That's. I mean, it's. I know he's coming from Dallas, mm-hmm. and there's that rivalry, but so did Norv Turner.
3: Yes, that's true. That's a good point. You can't beat him, join him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Norv couldn't well, beat him They can't North, join, North they beat, can't either, beat so. you, right. Yeah, yeah, yes. Whatever. Uh, which means that, uh, as of now, Aaron Glenn uh, will be back Assuming they want him back, which, of course, they do. I'm just yes, as defensive saying. coordinator. As defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. So,
4: Phipp, so, Glenn, and Johnson. Mm-hmm. All back. All
3: back. Mm-hmm. And it looks like we have a new uh, defensive line coach. Terrell Williams. And uh, a defensive mm-hmm. running uh, coordinator in Terrell Williams. Although the running part of the defense
4: was really good last year. Right, but there's you know, there's there's a couple of phases to defensive line play that, yes. and and the other couple right. yes. need to be improved upon.
3: We, we understand that. So, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. What do you think this defense under Aaron Glenn has to do in year four that he should come back in year five? Two four eight five three nine ninety seven
0: ninety seven. Call from mom. Answer it
3: Jim Harbaugh at his uh, introductory press conference in Los Angeles yesterday. City of Angels. That's right. Hmm. He's
4: uh, he's the stepchild. Uh, yes, to the Rams? Yeah. yeah or, or even the Raiders, even though they're not there anymore?
3: Eh, probably. Well, to USC as well. Yeah. I mean, U- USC probably has a bigger following pretty close than the Rams. At one point it was bigger than the rams they
4: really the nfl really needs to look at that one and get them back in san diego
3: yeah or at least orange if there was a stadium like in anaheim or you know someplace i don't know it it makes no sense and somebody actually stadium somebody actually asked harbaugh about you know the fact that you're going to be playing in a stadium where most of your fans are the opponent and how you know how do you change that and you know winning, you know, yeah. type of thing. Which yes yeah, true. If you were good you would get more, but I don't know. Uh John and Livoni are ninety seven on the ticket.
5: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I'm Stoney, I'm I'm the same age as you and I, I'm old school. I believe that when you sign your letter of intent to go to a college, you should be obligated with it. But what, but I understand that kids want to get paid and I get that and they should get paid. But this constant, you know, transfer portal and poaching and it's just it's gotten ridiculous. And it's I believe it is just going to get worse. And John, to your point, yeah, you got to have some kind of guardrails to where if you sign a letter of intent, it should be at least for two years to where they're going to stay there for two years and then go from there.
4: Well, it, so it, it when you're signing a letter of intent, it needs to be instead of letter of intent, it needs to be contract, right? In two years, and if you have a CBA, then and because NIL doesn't come from schools, it needs to be adjusted. NIL will eventually have to come from schools. There will be not just the scholarship, but a monetary uh, value right. placed on that contract. And they're going to do it by
3: positions. Yeah. I mean, who? They? I mean, there's so many things you have to work out too.
5: You know, I, I, I applaud Nick Saban. He got sick and tired of it, even though he's older. But he got he got tired of it. He got tired of constantly having to to losing good players and having to bring new players in, and it just gets to a point. I don't blame college coaches. Well, he, I don't blame he, them he, whatsoever.
3: He got tired of he was being one of the only schools who was actually giving them players the bag. Now everybody else is doing it, so maybe you got tired of that. No, in 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 all seriousness, John, uh, the the deal is, you know, you know, you can say you're old school. You want, you know, I'm old school too. But for this, I understand because these, as John will know, these these you know four year you know letters of intent, whatever you want to call them. They're really just one year, co- one year agreements they're one because year renewable. because the the team can get rid of you in one year or at least you know as well not right. play and not play you.
4: This is not just a student athlete issue. No. This is NCAA, and it is a one year renewable scholarship. So instead of being one year renewable, maybe you make it a two year scholarship, and then if you leave before that two years, that's where that penalty is set in, and then if you leave after two years. Or after your whatever time your contract or scholarship says, you can go anywhere you want. But I mean, here's the other thing that just absolutely blows my mind. And I know people will will give blowback on this, but not every player, and it doesn't matter the sport, basketball, baseball, softball, you know, women's basketball, football, they're not all going to the league. <laughs> yeah. And so at some point, there needs to be some parameters put in place that encourage graduation or at least progress towards your degree. If if student-athletes are allowed to transfer every single year, how are they ever going to graduate? I mean, because we've, we've heard from mm-hmm. Michigan, and, it, and it's true at every school, they don't accept Every single credit, and it doesn't matter where Correct. you're coming from. You could be coming from Stanford, from Michigan, from Michigan State. Uh, nobody accepts Ohio State's transfers because they're not real <laughs> classes. But if if you are transferring and you can't have the credits to even be eligible, then how are they? How does this even work? Uh, it's nobody for re- even knows. It's for regular students too. My daughter, once she transferred from
3: Georgia to Michigan State, all of her Georgia credits didn't transfer over.
4: Yeah, and, and so it's there needs to be something done so that the bulk of the student athletes who are actually going to be professional in something else not their sport right that they can actually prog- you know make progress towards their actual degree mm-hmm.
3: People, people just look at you know the, the guys, the one and, and the players too. They all think they're going to be part of that half of one percent or whatever it is. Yeah, that makes it to the NFL or the NBA or the WNBA too. Yeah, it's too. it's
4: it's a very small, minuscule number, and you just don't always have that opportunity. And even if you do, even if you are one of the top high school athletes, you're the you're the number one recruit at any sport. And you go to your your college or university and all of a sudden you go in as a freshman and you are the stud. You're the best player in your sport. Now all of a sudden, what happens when you blow out your knee? Or you have an injury, you, you have a head injury that you can't recover from or that you don't want to risk it again. Or a neck injury or whatever, insert any reason. Now, yeah, Who is the kid from Rutgers? Oh yeah, um, Eric. He, he does, Eric, I forget uh, his last name. Yeah, um, or the kid from Penn State that in the game you were at. Right. Yeah. Or, or you know, it, it, there are many opportunities right. for all of that glory, all of that professional, you know, opportunities to be to be gone, and then what do you have? That's why. That's why the college athletes need to be able to make money on their name, image, and likeness while they can, but they also have to be pushed and given guide rails and parameters so that they are progressing towards an actual degree. Let me ask you this. This is
3: completely
4: off the beaten path,
3: but it's just something i thought of
4: because the way college is today
3: and for the ones who aren't getting scholarships, how expensive it is. Do you think it would ever be feasible that, because college is not for everyone, uh, and some athletes, the same as just the regular society, they would, they could form a league, a post high school, whatever league of, I don't know, trade schools where, okay, you're not taking, you know, algebra, you're not taking math or wh- whatever or whatever, but your major is, if you want to call it a major, is plumbing, electronics or whatever. And that, that school has its own football team where, okay, you're not going to go to the NFL, but you have a trade It certainly can get you more of a job in life than maybe a psych major.
4: Yeah, you think think we would
3: ever be at that level someday?
4: No. Okay. It's a great thought. thought. Sure. Yes. Yes. Genius thought. But it it comes down to money. How are those trade schools going to afford to to field a football team? (laughs) They're collectives. (laughs) Yes. And and where where are their base of donors? (laughs)
3: <laughs> the people who, who own these electronic companies. I don't know. Okay,
4: you're right. you yeah. you, I, mean, you, I know you're you, right. You don't want to get lost in the details, but right. the details do matter. I know.
6: I do think there's an opportunity there for somebody that is just absolutely loaded, like an Elon Musk. and I'm just throwing some right. an example out there that could just try to create a 20-team minor league and invite the best of the best, and there's no college crap, and there's no... Uh, well, there would be because the NFL would fight it.
4: They'd go play in the UFL. Well, that's what that's, the that's what the G no, League is right now. No, really.
6: I mean, I mean, legit, legit. This is football,
4: right? That's Le- what I'm is saying. A, this is, you're going to make US money. NFL. You're going to make it's money not, off it's, it. It's, it's it's UFL, like and and we've seen it happen many times where these rich individuals think that they can create another league that's going to compete with the NFL. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that you're going to compete with the NFL. I understand, but it it comes down to money. College, you're creating, you're competing with college
6: football. You're gonna, you're gonna give them what they want right out of high school.
4: Okay, and and it, again, it's who finances this? Just How do they, I, just you, said,
6: I? I think Saudis. <laughs> yeah. They, okay. Look, they can do golf. Me, why not? This is because it's football and the money making opportunity that would be there versus all these other sports. I believe that there's a, a window right now if somebody wanted to go all in with the investment. It would, take,
3: it would take a while before people would get adjusted to it, but it could happen. It would
6: ruin college football, to a yes. degree. Kind of like college basketball has been ruined with all the other outlets that you have. Right. Chuck in Monroe, what's up?
7: Uh, that's what I was going to talk about, basically was how the XFL and USFL just uh, merged, and I felt like that's how basketball went. Like Basically, you guys took everything I was going to say, uh, you know, the top 50 players, you know, went to the, the G leader to that elite uh, basketball thing. So college basketball was stuck with, you know, kids that probably I feel like want to get a degree in, in college and also get the second chance that we're told not good enough and that are like maybe an uh, Aiden Hutchinson that need a few more years to prove themselves. And uh, that's how they can maybe make that NL money by like you earn your scholarship and then you got to prove yourself to, for the team to get proved to get paid. For your NL money instead of, you know, the big hype and not all these players, we just let them go to the XFL and let them be, like I said, the G League or maybe the NFL now these days.
3: The problem is, as we're seeing, and like I said, that's why it's going to take a while. You know, you've got a lot of really good players coming from the G League and the elite. You know, look, the Pistons drafted Oscar Thompson out of there. Nobody's watching these
6: games on. T- you know that's where yeah. that's the deal. Nobody cares, and that's that's why I say it, you're not. Com- he right. was referring to the, the existing. I'm not saying the existing no. leads. I'm talking about you're you're going to compete against college football. You're going to take what they have. You're going to give the play. You're going to pay the players. There's not going to be any classes. There's not going to be any of that crap.
3: But the majority of the people who are going to be the consumers would rather watch uh, Michigan State take on Stanford than watching. I don't know. Uh, the Northwestern Tech or whatever name you want to give those teams, you know, the the, the Musk League, because you have no connection with them. That's the biggest right. problem yeah. they'd have.
4: So you are you have 18 to 22-year-olds coming out of high school, and they have all this promise. But some of them will be good. Some of them won't be good. Who's going to invest in a league of could bees? Okay, what
6: about another thing to try, a, a bridge league? So, you hit two years eligibility and you go to this league for one year before you enter the NFL draft. So, the best of the best, the cream of the crop in college football, the best players, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, all those guys take that step to that place and, and then they go into the league. Yeah. Again, I believe there's an opportunity. It takes a ridiculous amount of money. I I don't think
3: people are going to watch it, though. That's the
6: problem. Really? But yeah. You're not going to watch the best players in college football play.
4: Because they're not all going to go to that league. Right. A lot of them are, are going to stay. There are a lot of good uh, college you, football players. When I offer players. you
6: $5 million to come play.
4: All right. Again, it's then then Elon Musk didn't become rich because um, he, he was there, giving there's, away there's, money. Yeah, he's giving away money. What, what's your return on investment at that point? Once it becomes
6: something good that you grow and you have a TV deal?
4: I, well, the, I just think that that, that, that The long, Musk TV network. The, 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 the long play on that is just too Amazon. long. Yeah. The, the runway on that's just too long for somebody think to, keep I, to dump all that money into. I think
6: idea number two that I had is far less uh, viable than actually just going directly after college football.
4: I, I just I don't see how that the,
6: It, it sounds great. Mega, create the mega conference. Create the mini NFL. So we have college
4: football. That's, that's, that's what it not, is. They
6: haven't gone to 2 20-team conferences yet. Do they it. will. They will.
8: All
3: right. Our telephone number is 248-539-9797. Have you ever experienced – What this NFL star experienced a couple days ago. 97 won the ticket. 248-539-9797 is the telephone number. Um, Mark Andrews, the outstanding tight end of the Baltimore Ravens, is a uh, type 1 diabetic. Mm -hmm. Not that he is. He is a football player. He's good at at football. He's good at football. Real good at football. And he, um, encountered somebody on a plane, uh, a couple of days ago, a woman who was having medical problems and he recognized it and basically asked if she knew how to, you know, test for diabetes, that type of thing, whatever he had equipment cause he has, and long story short, he helped basically save her life until they got landing, had paramedics there. Yeah. So my question to you at 248-539-9797 is this. Have you ever been, not just on a plane, but you have ever been in a situation, not on a playing field, where somebody was in uh, dire medical straits and somebody, whether it was you or not, came to the rescue?
4: They were in medical distress.
3: Yeah. Because um, what Mark Andrews did was pretty damn cool. I mean, the fact oh, yeah. that he
4: could do it too. I mean, sure. Yeah. Or that he had the awareness and then he offered it up. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm sure people have
3: seen people, you know, give others the Heimlich and that type of thing before. Yeah, I've done that before um, with oh, family members. Him? Yeah.
4: Um, uh, restaurant. Oh, okay. Um, somebody was choking, and and you know it was there was a panic, and I just you know, uh, oh. you <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bear hug. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but, but when you see the panic on somebody's face, mm-hmm. that's it's, it's very scary, mm-hmm. especially when it's something like that, where they can't breathe mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it, you, you have that, that moment where you, you do something or you don't, or you, you find help for somebody. Um, I used to own a gym up in Northern Michigan and every once in a while we would have somebody with a, a health episode situation. And at that point it was more stabilizing and making them comfortable before the uh the EMS um and the people that could really do something right. about it would arrive. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's a very panic situation for everyone around. I mean it's good that have you? No. And that's that's a regret I well, probably you, sh- you were you were you were the the patient on one. Yes, I was. Yeah.
3: When <laughs> I passed out at the golf tournament, basically.
4: Yeah. Mike Tirico saved your life. <laughs> he gave you some water. <laughs> I wonder if he put an asterisk next to that one. <laughs> I saved his life. Yeah, well, it was only him, so I really—it doesn't really count. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so I was on a plane when we come back from Vegas. I think. This, Sorry, Mike. I think this was before you were with the show. I think it was the time we went to Vegas right before COVID, and so I came home by myself. I mm-hmm. think Jamie. Jamie. Uh, he i think he left early which is pretty predictable <laughs> for Jamie reasons not right. football like John would yeah. and then Stoney, i think we were on different flights right. or something like that and uh th- we were like right around denver and somebody was having some breathing problems and just uh mm-hmm. it, then it became more clear it was anxiety and they came super close to landing the plane in denver that it, li- it was literally one more thing that they had to do medically and they determined that it w- was a combination of anxiety and dehydration from partying too much. They finally got the person calmed down and they didn't have to land the plane. <laughs> it's all it creates a yeah. oh, when you're on the plane oh, like I that know. it creates a discomfort cuz everybody's trying to trying to see you're trying to look over I think I was on a window seat so it was even harder to kind right. of see what's going on. You know, I try, I'm a pretty observant person to begin with. So, you know, and there's this I'm, and- I'm trying to do something that it that I do too much sometimes is pay attention instead of you, you closing your eyes while we're taking off on the yeah, runway. Yes,
3: <laughs> and, and there's the there's the selfish element of people saying, "Oh, just uh, we'll, we'll, well, he'll be all right when, he, when we when we land." But there's always the possibility that it's if it's really severe. You have to find an airport on the way and, and stop, and you know, you know, obviously, hopefully, save someone's
6: life. The other one was a restaurant down in Greek Town. This uh, like over ten years ago, and me and Kelly were dating. And uh, witness somebody go into a seizure in person for the first time, and that is always—I think—the first time you see that, you just want to help. And then I've seen it since. I mean, one of Anna's friends has them, yeah. And you just know—you know what it is, so you just know how to react. But man, that's scary first time you see it.
3: Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. That is the telephone number if you ever. Witnessed or helped with a uh, emergency medical situation, Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens, their tight end, uh, was in flight and uh, somebody had a episode and he's a diabetic and he knew how to deal with it until paramedics could uh, get to the plane when they did land. By the way, congratulations to Jason in Livonia who heard uh, Jim Harbaugh say football player and he wins a $50 Viviano Flower Shop gift certificate just in time for Valentine's Day, uh, which, of course, is February 14th. For all life celebrations, go to Viviano.com or call 800-VIVIANO. We have some uh, ticket texts for you. My daughter is a physician and had to stabilize a lady who was seizing on a plane just a couple months ago. Unknown to me, they have IV kits and the fa- and the fair bit of medical equipment on a fair bit of medical equipment on a plane. My daughter started an IV on this lady and squeezed a bag of fluid into her. It was kind of surprising but very cool.
4: Yeah, to watch your daughter do yeah. that in person, that would be awesome. I never knew they. had... I mean, you, you don't want, want that situation to no. happen, but if to watch your your kid. Hop into action. Did you know that they had an IV on a plane? I know that they do have some medical supplies. I yeah. yeah. So yeah. I
6: the person I witnessed on the plane, that they were checking for a heart, a heart attack, right. and they had some sort of remote thing that, mm. I don't know what it's called. I'm not a...
3: A defibrillator, probably, right?
6: No. I don't think it was all. Isn't that what you... Yeah. No, they didn't have the that. Battles, yeah, that's when you're already out. Yeah. They don't start yeah. shocking you when you're still no, conscious. I, I, okay. Well, I don't I I <laughs> know how serious yeah. it was. I no, know We've I know got that.
4: a couple here. We can always hook Stony up and see what happens. Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a little thing yesterday. I'll explain later huh. in the show. It's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a dire medical emergency, but 51 years ago, my parents did not make it to the hospital for my birth. Oh. And a police officer had to deliver me on the side of the road. My middle name is Ronald after the
4: police officer. Oh. I wonder what, he, what Do you remember anything?
3: <laughs> I pulled someone from a burning car who had broken their legs. That's from the, oh. Sean the Mailman. Unless it was the mailman or it just says the mailman. Uh, as a kid, I loved steak so much I forgot to chew. At a pretty nice steakhouse, my dad did the Heimlich and the chunk of steak landed on the table across from us. So embarrassing. <laughs>
4: I did do that for for one of the kids before. And you want to talk about okay, if it happens to somebody else? You okay? You are you know you 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 hopefully you oh. you hop into action and yes. you understand the, the 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 panic. If it happens to your child, there's a different level of panic. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Two
3: four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven.
4: Hey, when it comes to managing your finances, you need a bank that gets you and is genuinely interested in your success. And that's why I bank with First Merchants Bank, whether it's your personal banking or day-to-day personal banking, whether it's your business banking or day-to-day personal banking. First Merchants Bank is 100% interested in helping you prosper. First Merchants Bankers are attentive. They took the time to ask me questions find out about me, my family, get to know me a little bit more, and then they work with me to build a plan that fit my situation. And when you make the switch to First Merchants Bank, you're also going to get access to their highly rated mobile banking app, which I've already used this morning. I use it almost every single day with innovative personal finance tools. Plus, they're deeply connected to the community's needs because it's their community as well, and we know... They know, they volunteer and donate to local causes to ensure that we all continue to prosper together. This is the difference of 100% interest in you. For a better banking experience, visit firstmerchants.com. That's firstmerchants.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 248-539-9797
3: is the telephone number. Uh, Still ahead on the program, we'll hear from Jim Harbaugh as... Only Jim Harbaugh could be at his press conference yesterday. Yes, in Los Angeles, uh, talking about uh, if you've ever seen a uh, medical emergency, uh, have you ever done anything about it? And then Mark Andrews of the uh, the Ravens was on a plane. Uh, a woman was in distress, blood sugar issue. He's a diabetic, had some equipment with him and uh, helped her out. And then uh, she got taken care of when they landed uh, the plane and they had paramedics greet them at the plane. So two four eight five three nine. 97, Ninety-seven, uh let's go to uh rick you're on 97 won the ticket what's up rick
5: hey how are you doing this
3: morning good
5: good uh the uh, shriners had a national convention in detroit in the 80s and uh a band was playing on stage at the raleigh house in southfield and one of the band members took a face plant on the stage um, and uh, a nurse and myself went up and did CPR until the paramedics could get there.
3: How old the uh, person was it?
5: Yeah, he was probably in his 60s at mm-hmm. the time.
3: So you, you basically yeah. you saved his life, right?
5: Well, we, we kept, I didn't do the breathing. Luckily, she did. Okay. But uh, I was just doing the compressions, which is amazing. It, you know, it was probably a few minutes, but it, it was exhausting. Um,
4: how did you decide day, you know, who was going to do the breathing and who was doing the compressions?
5: I was just doing compression.
4: I know, but how did you decide? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you went up there. Did you flip a coin?
5: <laughs> no, it just kind of fell into place. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Thanks for doing what you did. Uh, let's go to uh Dave, you're on 97, won the ticket.
8: Hey, good morning, guys. Love the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, I, I used to work uh, back when I was, I'm 57, but I, I'll never forget this. When I was 20 years old, I was working at Lionel out in Mount Clemens, Lionel Trains. And I went into the bathroom when I'm, you know, doing my business, whatever, in the, uh, not in the stall, but uh, at the urinal. And the guy comes in next to me. He, he was a high load driver. He was a big guy and, um, and real heavy. And I'm standing there, and the next thing I know, this guy just goes backwards, just falls backwards, lays flat out on the floor. And I look down, and you know, and this guy's chest is, I'll never forget this, his chest was like heaving in waves, he was having a heart attack in front of me. <sighs> I get down, and I'm like, can you, what, hey, what's, I'm like, hell, you know, what, hello, you're like, can I help, what do you, what's wrong, what's wrong, And and he couldn't even talk. And I just, like, I remember his his shirt, he had, like, a button-down shirt. And I remember undoing his buttons because it was, like, stretching. It was, like, almost, like, ripping apart. And I just undid his shirt, tried to get him, and I ran out, got my manager, called him in, and he came in, and he we we just – I called EMS, and he did it. I think he did CPR on him, and then EMS got there or whatever. But it it was scary. I'll never forget that site. It was unbelievable when the EMS got there and – they undid his shirt. I mean, his just his his big butt, whatever, just rolls, and it it was unreal. I'll never forget it.
3: Dude, let me ask you a question. Was this uh, before cell phones?
8: Yes. Oh okay. yeah, this oh, is back yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, geez, I want to say eighty eight. Okay. Yeah,
3: because now nowadays it's you know you can call nine one if you have your phone within right, the bathroom. Yeah. Now not everybody brings their phone into the
4: bathroom, but you know yeah.
3: it's a lot easier to get
4: help nowadays
3: than it was back yeah. then.
4: obviously you can't choose where you're gonna have a heart attack or exactly. a health issue but right. God falling over on the bathroom floor at work oh. might be one of the a nightmare uh, that I, I I have
3: Randy in Brooklyn you're 97 on the ticket
0: hey how's it going fellas? good Randy oh uh, uh... First of all, I want to say that my father was uh, CPR certified uh, to teach classes and did so for the state and taught me and my sister when we were very young. Uh, I, I'm just so grateful, and I want to say to all the listeners, man, te- teach yourself, teach your children if you can. But uh, when my youngest daughter was, uh, she was a little under a year old, um, comes walking up to me, her face is, you know, red, turning more red and purple, and I realize she's choking. Well. When a child's that young, you can't do the Heimlich. So, you know, you do the various things by patting on the back and putting them over your knee. And no matter what I did, it wasn't working. So I freaked out and, you know, reached my pinky finger in as far as I could down her throat and felt something hard and plastic. And I just shoved it down because that's the only thing I could do. Well, we freaked out and took her to the hospital. And the doctor, you know, in fact, told me I saved her life. And uh, Wow. Pretty emotional moment.
3: What was it, the uh, the hardened plastic thing that she had down there?
0: It was actually part of a pen cap. Ah. Ugh. Yeah.
3: Kids will eat anything. N- nice job, Randy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had some really good advice. Something I should follow. Uh, Joe and Canton, you're in ninety-seven on the ticket.
7: Hey guys, thanks for taking a call. This happened to me about maybe fifteen years ago. I was overweight on a flight to Hawaii. My wife had won a trip. And she's sitting next to me, and I'm starting – my legs are starting to bother me, so I'm starting to walk around a little bit. And then my chest started to bother me. So I sit down. My wife goes, are you okay? I said, yeah, don't bother anybody. Well, she was looking at me, and uh, she says, no, nah, something's wrong. So she gets the flight attendant and asks, is there anybody here with medical experience? And I, think, I look at her and say, oh, God, here we go. And they come, and they take my blood pressure and – I needed oxygen, and I'm looking at the passengers next to me because we're, like, over the ocean, and they're making, they're discussing this in front of the passengers. Should we turn around and go back to San Francisco or continue to Hawaii? And that put more pressure on me because I'm looking at people are looking at me. Right. So like, I said, please, God, please, let, this, let me get to Hawaii, okay? So bottom line, once I landed, uh, during the flight they gave me... Uh, Hydroglycerin to see if I was having a heart attack and other stuff, and monitoring oxygen, and they, they kept walking up and down. But I kept looking at people giving me the thumbs up that I was alive, but also because they were going to Hawaii still. So <laughs> 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 I don't know if that was a good thing, but I looked at my wife and said, "Why would you say something?" She goes, "Because I don't want you to die on the plane."
4: Yeah. Uh, when so, you got to Hawaii, what, the was the, what, what
7: is when you? Go ahead.
4: What was the process when you got to Hawaii? Straight to the uh, hospital.
7: No, everything. They checked my blood pressure. They they did uh, oxygen level. Uh, It was you know was they had like two nurses and a doctor. So it was kind of like the first person that gets to you, I guess, takes charge because there were a couple RNs and then a doctor. And he says, "Well, you're already assessing him." So the doctor said, "So they just monitored me." But once I got off the plane and was able to walk around a little bit and get some some more fluids in me i i was good i didn't go to the hospital but uh it was that that feeling and my chest and then the people looking at me like you son of a gun we have to if we have to turn around
3: you know? <laughs> yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it get to hawaii and yeah. you, got, you got laid
4: <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> some pretty lady <laughs> put a lay on him. Yes, exa- exactly. <laughs>
3: uh, we got some texts. We'll go go through some of these uh, coming up. Also here from Jim Harbaugh, uh, Chris Fular with the Update 97 won the ticket.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.